Hey, welcome to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm Asli Maslow, a brand coach, speaker, author, marketer, and the founder of Pretty AF and the Babble Boutique. I help entrepreneurs going from living paycheck to paycheck in a job they hate to thriving in a career and life they love. This is your place to learn from me and other entrepreneurs that are Pretty AF inside and out. We get into how to create income doing what you love while finding balance between your wellness, beauty, travel, and philanthropy. If you're ready to get inspired and have actionable steps to build the life you love, then you're in the right place. Let's dive in. The biggest tip that I have to tell myself on a daily basis, so I know it's helpful, is to detach yourself from the outcome. Mm. Especially, I'm learning as a small business owner, owner, I can get very attached to the outcome because I want to succeed and also I want to help people. (laughs) And so, you know, I really want, when I see someone and I see an opportunity for growth and I'm like, I can help you, I have the tools, I get very attached to that and I have to release that. Everyone's going to make decisions at their own pace, at their own time. Mm-hmm. And so whatever your business might be, whatever whatever niche you might have, you know, that might manifest in a different way. Mm-hmm. But just do what you can, say what you can, present your offer and present the solution that you have, and then let it go. Welcome back to the Pretty AF Podcast. I'm your host, Asley Maslow, and that clip was from today's guest, Keisha. Keisha has a cool story that she's going to do a deep dive on in this episode. But basically, in 2010, she graduated from Stanford University with a degree in communications. She immediately went to work at Facebook in advertising and account management. Even though she landed her dream job, she realized that the desk life was not for her. And three years later, she decided to pursue her passion for health and wellness full time. She hasn't looked back since. In this episode, she shares with us some of her best coaching tips, like the one mentioned in that clip. She also shares how she gives back, how to start your fitness journey, and her best tips in business, life, and mindset. By the way, Gonzo and Nini make an appearance or two in this episode, so I apologize in advance for that. They're my dogs, if you didn't know. Okay, let's dive in. I'm a health coach, but really a transformation coach, and I can explain what that means in a little bit. Uh, But I've been in the health and fitness realm for about six years now, and I have had a multitude of different roles in this industry, but I always kind of knew in the back of my mind that I wanted to run my own business. So last year, I started taking steps to officially launch, and now I'm a private health coach. Awesome. So can you talk a little bit about your transition? I know you graduated from Stanford and you're working at Facebook and then you decided that's not what you wanted to do. Can you talk a little bit about what made you make that decision and was it hard? Do people think you're crazy? (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Um, Yeah, I definitely, I just felt when I was there at Facebook at the time, like, I wasn't looking forward to work every day. And the thing is for me, when I went into college, I had like asked my mom, okay, I want to work in marketing and public relations. What should I major in? And and so I started my major in communication and that was always my track. I had these great internships and then I got this great job. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I don't love this. <laughs> and that, that's a pretty hard realization to have after, you know, it had been years of that at that point working up to it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you know deep down in your heart how you feel, and my soul just felt called to do something different. And I believe that life is too short to stay in a job that you're not passionate about, especially with how much time we spend at our jobs every single day. Like you spend mm-hmm. more time at your job than you do at home for most people. Yeah. So you better love it. <laughs> you better enjoy it. Otherwise, life is just going to be miserable for you. Mm-hmm. So I kept that in the back of my mind, and I just said, okay, what am I passionate about right now? What am I spending my non-working hours doing most? And it was mm-hmm. researching health and fitness, learning about it, exercising myself, focusing on my own nutrition, and I just thought, maybe this is the path for me. And so I just felt called to do it, and I followed that calling, and to answer your question, yes, people thought I was crazy, and <laughs> I think people still think I'm crazy because I will sometimes tell people what I used to do and what I currently do, Yeah. and they're like, well, why did you do that? <laughs> it still happens, absolutely, but at the end of the day, I have learned, it's not that I don't care what people think, because I definitely do, but I've learned to let it go. I've learned to release mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. and focus on my own happiness and my own feeling of purpose and so that's what led me here today awesome so what was kind of your first step to when you realized okay I'm really into health and fitness what was the first thing that you did did you start taking a course while you're still at Facebook did you just drop everything and jump into health and fitness Yeah, so I actually started my personal training certification first, Mm -hmm. and I did that while I was at Facebook. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, that was kind of the initial starting point. And then I left Facebook in 2012 with the idea of going to work for a gym, and it it ended up being, because you know how fear kind of takes over, and I talk about that a lot, Um, but fear kind of caught me at that point, and I decided to slip back into the comfort of a full-time desk position, and I got a job with Teach for America for a little while, and then it was after, I spent like nine months there, and it was after that that I realized, oh, (laughs) no, (laughs) it's time, I need to fully make the jump, and so at that point, I started working at a gold gym at the time, personal training, teaching spin classes, I worked at other studios, and then I found Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. And then my career in fitness has mostly been with them up until I started my own uh, business. Awesome. So it was cool. kind of little by little, you mm-hmm. know, and I did get scared at one point and fall back, but then eventually kind of forged ahead. I think that's really important to mention because... I think a lot of people see a coach or something that they're doing it full time and they're like, oh, well, I had to make this huge leap. But mm-hmm. in reality, like you started with the personal training course before you ever left Facebook. So it's not exactly. like you have to, it's either all or nothing. <laughs> yeah. And some people can do that. Some people mm-hmm. can take the big risk. Yeah. But I took a little bit more calculate, and even when starting my business, I didn't fully leave my, I was head coach at Orange Theory, I didn't fully leave that right away. Mm-hmm. I started it, let it get some traction, and then I pulled back a little bit from my role. So it just depends on what you feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Part of what makes Pretty AF kind of different is that we also focus on being Pretty AF on the inside, um, which includes philanthropy. So I wanted you to talk a little bit about ways that you give back and what makes you want to give back. 
Sure. I love to give back and I don't make a big deal about it. I think it's just, it's very easy for us because most of us have disposable income. Like you think about ordering from Postmates or running to the drugstore to grab something. And so if you can do those things, then you can give back. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a huge donation. I think that's what people need to realize. It doesn't have to be $200, you know, that you're writing a check for. You could give $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month, and that will make a big difference. Mm -hmm. So I really feel like that's the beauty of, of crowdsourcing is you don't think about just your contribution. Give what you can, obviously, but think about all of the other people. If we were all able to band together and just, everybody gave to causes that they cared about Mm -hmm. every cause would just be so much better off because you know of course there's diversity of interest and people care about different things but then we're all pooling our resources together so that's kind of how I look at it is Mm -hmm. you know give where you can in terms of monetary value and then if you're able to give your time that's important too and that's beneficial too I like to give to causes like I said that that resonate with me personally Mm -hmm. not to say that it's more important than another cause it's just where my heart feels you know called to give most recently like I just feel very tied to uh, migrant families and uh, what's been going on in our country and what they've been dealing with and have felt the need to give and and support their journey Mm -hmm. And then I also feel very tied. I'm African-American, so I feel very tied to the black community, and I want to help in any way that I can. And just people, I would say not just people in poverty in the black community, but people in poverty in general, because they, they're struggling. And, and we have this society where there's so much institutionalized policies and things that are meant to keep people who don't have a lot, mm-hmm. to keep them not having a lot. And so I feel like when we can help, if we have more, we should we should do it. Yeah, I love that tip about a lot of times it feels like it has to be like this big grand gesture. And in reality, mm-hmm. like you can just give $5 and it still helps. Absolutely. And if you could give 5 10 20 bucks a month, whatever your budget allows to mm-hmm. something, I think that's a great way to go. I want to jump into your best pretty AF tips. Um, what is your best tip for fitness? Fitness. So many <laughs> tips. It's hard to choose. But <laughs> I think for women specifically, my biggest tip would be to lift heavy weights. <laughs> mm. And I'll explain it because I know a lot of women, we get caught up in this cardio cycle where we're doing the elliptical and we're running and we think that's it. We think that's fitness. But there's a whole other part of the gym that you don't even realize will help you get to your goals faster if you're able to overcome that fear of getting bulky, that fear of lifting heavy, um, and pick up a weight. <laughs> so it's all about changing your body composition, which most women tend to want. Most women want to be, cur- not necessarily curvy, but they want to have shape. Mm-hmm. Open it that way. Most women want to have some kind of shape to their body and to maximize your shape for your body not saying you want to look at someone else's body and try to attain that, but what's the best version of your body? The best version of your body is putting on a little bit of lean muscle. Um, For some women, that might be losing weight. For some women, that might strictly be putting on lean muscle. But either way, lifting weights is the way to do it. Mm. How, How would, like, if I say I've never lifted a weight, 
what would you tell someone mm-hmm. to get started? So you want to start lighter. <laughs> you don't want to lift heavy. If you've never lifted before, you don't want to pick up a heavy weight and try to go at it right away. <laughs> you want... <laughs> so this is something that you progressively build up to, right? But mm-hmm. I'm specifically speaking to someone who maybe is at a weight selection that they just always go to. They always go and grab eight pounds. They never lift anything heavier. Mm-hmm. But if you're brand new, yes, definitely start lighter and, and focus on how the reps feel. Mm. So the last rep or two, you should be struggling a little bit. You don't want to feel like you're losing your form or using a lot of swinging motions or momentum to lift the weight. Mm-hmm. You should still be very controlled, but you're kind of like gritting your teeth a little bit on the last rep. Okay. Cool. So what is your best tip for business? Business tip. So I'm still learning all the business things myself, but (laughs) I think the biggest tip that I have to tell myself on a daily basis, so I know it's helpful, is to detach yourself from the outcome. Mm. Especially I'm learning as a small business owner, I can get very attached to the outcome because I want to succeed and also I want to help people (laughs) and so you know I really want when I see someone and I see an opportunity for growth and I'm like I can help you I have the tools I get very attached to that and I have to release that everyone's going to make decisions at their own pace at their own time Mm -hmm. and so whatever your business might be whatever whatever niche you might have you know that might manifest in a different way Mm -hmm. but just do what you can, say what you can, present your offer and present the solution that you have, and then let it go. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and you can't stronghold your results. Mm -hmm. So do you mean the outcome of, like, how many people sign up for your coaching, or do you mean once someone signs up, like, if they're actually doing what you're telling them to do, or both? Oh, both. Totally both. (laughs) Yeah. So, and with clients, that happens a lot where sometimes the coach can want it more than the client. Mm -hmm. And that's just not going to be a healthy relationship, one, for coach to client to have or a successful relationship, honestly. Um, The client has to want it for themselves. The coach is just there to guide them and to help mostly people get discouraged on their journey for health and fitness specifically, but Mm -hmm. really any journey you get discouraged at times and the coach is there to help put you, you know, back in perspective and just say, Hey, look, look at all these things that you've already done. Look at all this progress you've already made this blip. Let's Mm -hmm. not let it distract us from the bigger picture. Yeah. That's a really good tip because part of what I do is I coach people on their online presence And Mm -hmm. it's a lot of, I would say, like, busy work, what I give people to do. So a lot of people end up not doing it, and it can feel kind of disappointing or, like, I feel like we're wasting both of our time, I guess. Right, exactly. I think there are some people who will do everything and just take all of the advice and absorb it. Mm -hmm. And then there are some who it can be frustrating and this is where we start to get caught in that strongholding the outcome where you see so much potential but it's the mindset blocks that are keeping them from actually doing what they need to do 
Definitely. And we're going to talk a little bit about mindset in a little bit. Um, but first, mm-hmm. I wanted to get your tip for just general life tip. <laughs> yes, the life tip. So my life tip, I think, would be to be bold and take risks. So mm-hmm. kind of in line with my whole story. <laughs> yeah. My life has been a series of calculated but still risks that I continued to take just based on what I felt in my gut was the right next step. And I see so many people like want to make a decision, almost make that decision, mm-hmm. and then just kind of rest on their laurels. And it's, it is disappointing, but at the same time, you know, that possibility is still available to them. It's just, you've got to feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Do you have any tips on how to listen to that? Because I feel like some people are kind of out of touch of what their intuition or how they really feel. Because a lot of people have never been told to do what they love or like follow their dreams. They've always been told like do something safe or you're going to do this. Like we're paying for your college to be a lawyer. Like that's what you're going to do. So do you have any tips on kind of following that or knowing how to listen to that? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, my biggest tip is just, you just got to start getting more in touch with yourself. And mm-hmm. there's a couple different ways to do that. My favorite method is meditation. And that's just sitting quietly. You know, your, your soul, your intuition needs a chance to be able to speak to you. And if you're just on the go, busy, 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 never taking time to stop and think and reflect, Mm -hmm. it's not really going to have that chance. So meditation is just such a great way to to get back in touch with your inner voice, your intuition. And if you're trying meditation, I always tell my clients and and people who I'm recommending it to that you're not supposed to be good at it right away. It's like yoga. (laughs) You know, people are like, oh, I'm not flexible. I can't do yoga or I can't clear my mind so I can't meditate. That's why you need to meditate. (laughs) And it's a practice like anything else. And if you're not good at it right away, no one usually is. That's okay. With time, the more you do it, the better you become at being able to kind of quiet your mind or quiet your thoughts. So that's one way. Mm -hmm. The second way that I'd recommend is journaling. So just putting pen to paper, letting your thoughts flow. And sometimes things come out of you that you didn't even realize were there the minute you take a second, sit down, and start to write. So mm. those two, usually one of those two somewhat people will resonate with and, and can help you get back in touch with that voice. Yeah, I actually, I love both of those for when I feel overwhelmed and I'm like, well, okay, what's really going on? I'm definitely a fan of meditating and then writing, actually. Totally. Is there any resources or apps that you recommend for starting meditation? Yes, definitely. <laughs> so many favorite. My, <laughs> my current favorite is um, the 10% Happier app. I just lo- I love their meditations. I love their approach. And they mm. also have courses and all kinds of stuff. That's a paid app. They have a free version, but all the good stuff is under the paid app. <laughs> and then there is a free app called Insight Timer. And mm. that has a lot of great meditations of different lengths and completely free. For those two, I'd recommend. There's also Headspace, Simple Habit. I'm not as familiar with those two, mm. but it just 
there's different approaches to meditation as well. So maybe you might try one and think there's some that have you focus a little bit more on your body and tuning into that. There are some that focus more on mantras or more on messages. I personally prefer those. Mm. So you just have to figure out what, and then there's also just like blank music (laughs) meditation. You just have to figure out what works for you and go with that. Awesome. Those are, I'll check those out. Right now I use Headspace, but I think it's very specific in what it tells you to do, I guess. I'll say it. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And I found that too. It's very like focused on your body and what you're feeling in your feet and then moving Mm -hmm. up. And that works for some people. It works, but Mm -hmm. not my first. I like to hear a message. I like to think about that and kind of, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mainly use that one to help me fall asleep. (laughs) Yep. That's perfect for that. I'm about to tell you my biggest biz secret. The majority of the moolah I make in my biz is from my online courses. Imagine if you created a course in your expertise and you could help people without having to continue trading time for money. There's a platform that will give you everything you need to make that dream a reality. It's what I use to host all my courses on asleymasler.com. It's Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform that you can host your website, courses, and email marketing. You can do all your sales through Kajabi, so no need to Frankenstein a website together anymore. You'll no longer have to pay someone every time you want to change something on your website. Kajabi's a game changer. With Kajabi, you can easily log in and drag and drop your changes to create a beautiful website and platform for your biz and online courses. Click the Kajabi link in the show notes and you'll get two weeks free. Now back to the show. So I want to jump back into mindset. I know your approach to health and fitness is heavily mindset-based. Why do you think this is so important? And do you have some tips on how we can improve our mindset around health and fitness? This is so important because I see it every single day. And usually when someone's struggling with diet or exercise, just health and fitness in general, it doesn't really have to do with what they should be eating or how they should be exercising. Generally, people know the answer to that. It's just that they're not doing it. (laughs) And they're not Mm -hmm. doing it because of some issue with their mindset, something that's holding them back. And it tends to be either they don't think they're capable, they don't think they can do it. I had a client tell me she didn't think she would ever be able to lose weight. That's a mindset block. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't think you're going to be able to do it, that's going to affect all the decisions that you make trying to get it done. Mm -hmm. Even if you have the best program and you decide I'm doing it, I'm going to make it happen. If you still don't believe that it's going to happen, then when one thing gets in the way, you'll be like, okay, that's fine. I'll just stay home today. I'm not going to the gym. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Number two tends to be a problem with identity where some people feel like I'm just not the type of person Mm -hmm. who is fit or who can be healthy. And so that's a little bit of a different mindset block, but still manifests itself in the same way, where if you don't believe you're that type of person, Mm -hmm. then again, the excuses come up and you're not meal prepping when you said you would. The last one is just people being in it for the wrong reasons Mm -hmm. and thinking, well, I should get healthy. So 
maybe I should I should do this program, but they don't really want it or they're not connected to that intrinsic motivation mm. of why they're doing it. Yeah. Those are the three. So what are, how can, is the way we overcome them different depending on which one it is or is there something we can yeah, do? Yeah, definitely. For... It's uh, different and similar. Some of them, some of the strategies will cross over. I would mm-hmm. say for people who don't believe that they can, affirmations are a great way to kind of change your thought patterns and start to change your beliefs. Mm. So our mind is malleable and what we focus on can expand. Mm. So if we decide to focus on our abilities and the fact that we can improve our abilities, so this is a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset, which they've done studies on, this is a thing if you wanna read the book, Carol Dweck wrote an excellent book called Mindset All About This. And so in a growth mindset, you believe that, hey, maybe I'm not great at this right now, but I can get better. I can learn how to do this. It's Mm -hmm. possible for me. So just shifting your thoughts, affirmations can be a great way to do that. And then for identity, it can be helpful. If you're like, okay, I'm not the type of person who does this. People like me don't do this. Mm -hmm. Try to find examples of people like you who've done it <laughs> okay because I guarantee there are people like maybe you think oh I just have never been an athlete I've always been a band geek or I don't know whatever your identity is mm-hmm. it's just a story that you're telling yourself that you've told yourself your whole life that you've kind of just bought into yeah but you can change it you can change your story and so if it's something you want, you just have to put the work in and, and, and make it happen. So find someone who's done it, who's mm-hmm. in a similar position to you. And then mm-hmm. for the last one, just get really clear on your why. Get really clear on why you're doing it. If it's just because you think you should or someone told you that you needed to, then that's not going to keep you going very long. Mm-hmm. If you can dig a little bit deeper in the exercise that I give my clients, it's the five whys exercise. You have to ask yourself why five times. Mm-hmm. And usually by that fifth why, you start to realize, oh, okay, it's because I've never felt confident looking in the mirror and I just want to one day wake up, look in the mirror and like what I see. Yeah. That's going to keep you in it. I think that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times it's like you just want to look cute at a wedding or something like that and it kind of leads to being impatient (laughs) (laughs) absolutely and there's nothing wrong with looking good for an event or an occasion Mm -hmm. absolutely but if you're someone who's like had enough and you're ready to change your lifestyle then Mm -hmm. we need that deeper why yeah you know definitely so on being impatient, um, I know you talk about this some online, um, so I wanted to ask you, what are some ways that we can work on being more patient? Because I know for me, like when I see a picture that I don't like of myself and I'm like, oh, I need to lose weight, I want to lose it, like yesterday. <laughs> I get that so much, mm-hmm. and... I'm impatient myself, (laughs) so this is something that I have to work on, but I think the thing to remember is that sustainable weight loss Mm. is going to be a slow process. It should be a slower process 
because that means it's sustainable. You know, if you're over restricting and only eating 1200 calories a day and running five miles a day, yeah, you might lose weight really quickly, but how long can you really keep that up? And when you stop, what's going to happen? Most likely you're going to gain most of that weight back. So sustainable weight loss should happen with small changes and small tweaks. And those small changes will compound over time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's not going to happen overnight. But understand and see the bigger picture, see the bigger vision, and hopefully <laughs> you can get over that impatience a little bit. And I think also just coming back to your why. Mm. On those days where you're like, I should just give up. This is taking too long. I tell my clients first thing in the morning, first thing before bed, mm. read your why again. Because if you're emotionally connected to it, you're like, okay, I can keep going. I can keep doing this. I got this. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're not, you're gonna you're gonna give in to that feeling of impatience. What are some things that you would consider like a small change, like you suggested? A small change might be, and it depends on the person. This is all mm-hmm. gonna be very dependent on the person, and so. It helps to have a coach work with you to figure out what's reasonable to you. Yeah. But I honestly would, I would say, like, honestly, I can't, I can't answer because it depends so much. But mm-hmm. what I will say is, before you make a change, ask yourself this question: On a scale of one to ten, how confident do I feel about this change? And mm-hmm. your answer should be an eight, nine, or ten. And if okay. it's not, the change that you're trying to do is too big. Mm-hmm. The, the habit that you're trying to build is. It's too big of a change. So try to shrink it down. Try to chunk it down a little bit more. So let's say you want to go from drinking 40 ounces of water to 80 ounces of water, but you feel like 4 out of 10 confident Mm -hmm. that you could do it, then maybe your goal should be 50 ounces. Yeah. You know, start smaller, more confidently, because you want to get that quick win. Mm -hmm. You want to stick to it. Most of the time when we fail – that's when the we, when we get discouraged. So you want to be able to be successful so that you keep going and then you can keep raising the bar for yourself. Do you suggest, like, say I want to increase my water intake and I want to start eventually walking, like, 30 minutes a day, say. Mm-hmm. Would you suggest, like, I start with just the water I do. I start with both. I would ask you how confident you feel on a scale of one to ten that you could do both of those things. Okay. So you can do more than one thing as long as you think you can do it. <laughs> as long as you think you can do it. Generally, though, I'll let you know that I would recommend one thing at a time. Okay. And that is why progress can sometimes be slower because when you focus on one thing, your attention's not pulled, your energy's not pulled, you can you can give mm. everything to that one thing, make it happen. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you're only fixing or changing, I should say, that one thing. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad thing, but a singular focus can be helpful. That makes sense. When I was looking into you and reading your blog and your Instagram and all, I noticed that you talk a lot about how you don't really think that giving someone a specific diet plan works or giving everyone the same plan doesn't work. Instead, you focus on teaching our clients how to have a consistent and healthy lifestyle. I know a lot of coaches and businesses set up their programs so that 
everyone they work with has to keep working with them for them to keep seeing progress and maintain their results. So I kind of feel like your approach is a little bit different in that you kind of teach them what to do and then they're able to continue the lifestyle on their own. Can you talk a little bit about why you chose this approach instead of making it where people have to keep coming back? Yeah. I think when I initially set out to do this and I was thinking about what problem I could solve, I, at the end of the day, just want to help people. I really want and care about results and I also care about people feeling fulfilled. You know, Mm -hmm. I've spent most of my life at this point, or at least the last 10 years, really, I call it trying to optimize my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I've just been looking at all aspects of my life and, and how I can make them better, how I can feel like the best version of myself from a health perspective, mm-hmm. from a mindset perspective, all of it. Mm-hmm. And I want that for my clients. I want that for other people. So that's kind of how I designed the program. And I joke all the time that maybe it's not the best business model because <laughs> my goal is for you not to come back to me. But at the end of the day, coaching is not just about the tools and the education. Mm-hmm. It is also about accountability and people will come back for that accountability. So I am just focused on helping people become the best versions of themselves. And as long as I'm able to do that, I'll hope that the money will come down the line. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think as long as you're helping people, the money's going to come. And as long as it's something you enjoy as well, like then you'll be consistent with it. The same with anything pretty much. And the money will follow. I do have kind of a random question that I just thought of, were you always into health and fitness or were you like a band geek growing up or were you on the basketball (laughs) team? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, this is a great question. So I grew up playing a bunch of different sports, Mm. but the funny thing about me was that I never loved any of them. I never stuck with any of them for very long. So Mm -hmm. I played literally everything at some point, Yeah, but I never was, like, on a team, like, this was my sport, you know, anything like that. So I was always athletic, but I never considered myself an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so, because I never really stuck with anything, when I get when I got to college, I didn't really play sports. Hmm. And therefore, started to gain the freshman 15. It was actually more like 20, 25 for me. Because yeah. I wasn't moving as much as I was in high school. And we were eating all of the food, all of the late <laughs> night jack-in-the-box runs. I mean, it was college. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine. And then drinking on top of that. So my lifestyle definitely took a downward spiral at that point. And mm-hmm. it was my senior year when I, when I realized I do not like the path that I'm on. And I do not feel comfortable in my clothing anymore. Like, I just, I want to make a change. Mm -hmm. And I took a course my senior year about health and wellness and fitness. And I was like, I was really interested in that course. I remember being like, it piqued my interest. Mm -hmm. And then I started to get fit on my own. I started a couch to 5K program and I would run and walk and slowly built up my fitness level from there. And when I graduated, I joined my first gym and then I started getting into nutrition, reading about it, and um, tracking my calories, and, and started to get fitter and fitter. And then I was like, you know what? It's funny because I used to take classes at Crunch, and I would mm-hmm. be like, I would slowly start moving from the back row, maybe to the middle row, and then the front row. And then eventually I was like, I could teach this. Yeah. And then I became a trainer, and then history from there. 
Um, you also mentioned that you, um, before you went full-time to your coaching, you were a trainer at Orange Theory. Do you still do anything with them? And why did you pick them? What do you like about their workout program? Oh my gosh. So Orange Theory, <laughs> I've been in Orange Theory for almost six years. It's been a long uh-huh. road with them. They've only been around for eight. So for most of the time that they've been around, I've seen it mm-hmm. evolve and I have very close ties. I worked for Orange Theory corporate for a while and I mm-hmm. traveled around and launched studios and had a bunch of different roles with them, even started their corporate wellness program for their corporate employees. Mm-hmm. So I've got a long history with Orange Theory, but I chose to work there because I love the workout. It honestly, to me, is the best one-hour workout. If, you know, your goal is weight loss, it's definitely a great way to go. Mm-hmm. You know in that hour you're getting the best that you could get. Everything is structured and planned and designed to get you results. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's no time wasted. So that's what I really love about it. I also love all the technology and that they track your heart rate. So you know exactly how hard you're working. Mm-hmm. It will always have a place in my heart. And yes, I'm still with them. I don't um, have a leadership position anymore. I stepped down from that to focus on my business, but I mm-hmm. still teach classes in Long Beach. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you done the workout? No, I've never gone. I have some friends that go and they say it's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is hard, but it is scalable. You can go based on how you feel or your pace. So mm-hmm. don't let that intimidate you. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. I I can get intimidated easily. By... <laughs> yeah. No, you're not the only one. People come in and they're scared for their first workout 95% of the time. Yeah. But that's good to know that it's you can start and not have to... Because I know a lot of times, like, I felt like, oh, I can't go to this class until, like, I'm already at this fitness goal because Mm -hmm. I won't be able to do Mm -hmm. it. So that's good to know. Yes. (laughs) But it's just like meditation and yoga. It's the same thing. How Mm -hmm. are you going to get fit or how are you going to clear your head or get flexible if you don't go? That's true. Very true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there any other tips or advice or anything that you want to share with us try to live your best life I think that's (laughs) it's corny but (laughs) at the end of the day I think a lot of people try to live their life based on what other people want them to do Mm -hmm. or what they think they should be doing as we talked about before and so the more you can you know get quiet listen to your intuition figure out what you like to do and it takes time to reflect on that for, for most people, you know, and it might be a combination of different things that you've done in different roles or different experiences that you've had, but just mm-hmm. get really clear on who you are and what you love and what you want and go do that. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. And I think a lot of people kind of just get used to whatever is going on in their life and they don't really take control and make a conscious decision about how they want their life to look. So I agree, taking that time to really look inside yourself and think, like, what is actually going to make me happy and how can I make that happen? Yep. Yeah, people get so complacent. And so we got to remember to keep the fire burning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love that. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, How can people find you, contact you, work with you? Yeah, for sure. So... If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram. That's where most everything that I do goes down. And my username is at P 
Keisha, Keisha, K-E-I-S-H-A. So you can follow me there. Um, and all links to everything else that you could ever want. I've got some freebies. You can find that all on my Instagram bio too. Awesome. What's one of your freebies that we can look for? Yeah, one of my freebies, I just recorded a Change Your Eating and Exercise Habits for Good Masterclass. So you can get the recording to that. Yeah, and I talked just about how to choose the right, you know, nutrition program for you, how to choose the right exercise program for you, and tips on what you should be focusing on to really get that sustainable lifestyle change. Nice. So last question that I ask every guest, what does being pretty AF mean to you? I love the name pretty AF, by the way. Thank you. Uh, being pretty AF to me means taking pride in your outer appearance. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that personally. I was brought up to take pride in my outer appearance. Mm-hmm. If I walked out of the house in sweats, my mom would be like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't, you know... I think that there is something to be said, not in being superficial, but putting your best foot forward in the world. If you feel like you look better, you act better and Mm -hmm. you are more confident. So I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And then also putting your best inner self forward. So Mm -hmm. striving to be a good person, you know, not being shady, just following through on what you say you're going to do or being honest when you mess up and, you know, it's okay to make mistakes, but own up to it and, and keep it pushing. So inner and outer work, totally all here for it. That's what it means to me. What an amazing episode. Thank you so much, Keisha, for being on the Pretty AF podcast. Be sure to check her out in the show notes and I'll see you next week in a solo episode. Thank you for taking this time for yourself to get one step closer to a life you love. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to me. If you left me a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening on, tell me what you want to hear more of or your favorite parts of the episode. Until next time, I'm Ozzy Maslow. Lots of love. And don't forget, you're pretty AF.